Welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser. There are three of us around the table today, um, along with esteemed Harry. Let's mention Harry first. He's our engineer. He looks at a computer for 45 minutes, twiddles a few knobs, and then somehow you get to listen to it. So I'm here with Harry and two other QPR fans. I'm David Fraser, by the way. To my left is uh, from Independent Ours is Paul Finney. And the QPR podcast. And the QPR podcast. How are you, Paul? And Barnett. We haven't seen each other for a long time, because you've been away and I've been away, and then we had a break. But you, rumour is you don't like to mention it, but you've been to the gym today. I have. I have. I'm never doing it. I, I, people who do that, I admire you and respect you, and humbly tough my hat to you, because you, you're great. I'm knackered. What did you do? A bit of cardio? Passed out. <laughs> Seriously, I did a few weights. Did you say pasta? Passed out. Jesus. Oh, passed out. Yeah, because you can't do pasta because of the. I can't have anyway, let's not do it. Okay, oh, fine. <laughs> oh, yes, the gym is fine. I actually saw a QPR fan now, which is interesting as well. Okay. So there you go. I saw a QPR fan on my holidays as well I, in Lanzarote. Did you know I seen in Barnet today in the uh, charity shop? I seen uh, a QPR kids shirt in the charity shop in Barnet. The first time ever I've seen a QPR shirt in Barnet. Which this era? Is, we. Uh, go for it. it doesn't matter this is major you, you're lucky to see anything to do with QPR and Barnett you're saying it's a good thing I think it's a brilliant okay. thing we've got to, obviously not for the child to give Rangers up but. So, so whilst Paul and I can talk um, about our holidays and charity shops and all the rest of it we do actually have one other person here um, which is Tom Gibbs from The Telegraph hello how are you good good, good. You've, and got, you've got a blue tick on your name on Twitter I have yeah I paid, uh, I paid the Twitter Mark Zuckerberg equivalent a large sum of money He's important, you know, Dave. He, 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 I was going to say, you're not just some, like, person in sales at The Telegraph. Hello, if there is anyone in sales at The Telegraph I, I listening to the podcast. It. You're, like, you're a proper, like, big deal football writer and all the rest I of it. I about a writer, you know. I consider myself more of a sort of editor and all-round entertainer, really. That's kind of my, my current Comedian role. third. Exactly. Yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> welcome, I never consider myself Tom. a writer either. Funny that. That's for the best, Paul. I reckon. <laughs> Okay, so let me do the bit that I need to do. Um, if you're listening to us for the first time, thank you very much. Hopefully it won't be the last time. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at QPRpod. That tends to be where we do um, most of our business on. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. And if you want to go and listen to any old episodes, you go to our website at qprpod.co.uk. Um, I need to give a shout out to Dominic Lawrence, um, who joined the Pod Squad, which is kind of our like online make a donation to help us run the show in recent weeks. So thank you very much, uh, Dominic Lawrence. Um, I will mention this again, but thank you very much to everybody that has voted for us in the FBAs, which is the Football Blogging Awards. We um, have been voted by many of you for Best Football Podcast, which we're very flattered uh, about. I think the voting runs about another two weeks. So if you haven't voted for us yet, just go to our Twitter page and at the top, our pinned tweet shows you what you need to do. You just need to go to our Twitter page, click on that pinned tweet and it'll do the rest for you. Right. Okay. That's enough for now. Um, Blackburn. Ball draw? Tedious, wasn't it? it, it I had, uh, had a bunch of pals with me for this one, uh, and we seem to have a record of only watching QPR in uh, drastically disappointing uh, football matches. 
Uh, I, I kind of think this might be the new reality for a little while under Hasselbank. I, I noticed that... Um, I don't think we sort of lack for energy in the middle with Cousins in the side, but him and Henry looked to me to have been instructed to stay behind the halfway line. Like It was really noticeable how they were both stuck back there, neither of them really kind of going forward and getting in between the lines. Uh, and I just think that might be the way Hasselbank wants us to play. He seems to be about kind of eking out the narrow wins, maybe trying to kind of press for a second when you get a first. But that is sort of based on having an incredibly watertight defence. Mm. And we're not error prone but uh, we're still sort of really susceptible to kind of high balls into the box Henry just completely missed the ball for their goal uh, and there's still kind of too many kind of balls fizzing across the middle really to be a team that's just going to do that so it's, it's a little bit concerning but why do you think it's the new reality what do you what's the what, what's the end goal for Hasselbank where do you think he's trying to get to with the development of this team and where is he on that journey I think he's doing the traditional thing of building from the back we're, we're much better at the back than we were we, if you remember some of the sort of Chris Ramsey uh, early championship games we, we were a team that looked like they were going to concede every time the opponents had the ball we really don't look like that anymore uh, Barnsley uh, away aside um, but on the whole we're much more solid and I think he's kind of trying to work within the constraints he's been given as well we're, this time last year after six games we had I'm just looking down at my notes uh, we've I, noticed you've got notes yeah, you can come again thorough. yeah yeah I, I don't mess about I'm a professional but I can't actually find the bit of my notes I want to so I'll take a guess I think we've got ten points after six <laughs> games that's right isn't it three wins one draw two defeats yeah yeah it's exactly what we had last year but uh, the problem with that was that last year we we had a lot of players on crazy, crazy money, which presumably we don't have anymore. So I think in that context, where he's got a team that on paper aren't anywhere near as good as last year's, although we know that paper isn't really the most uh, valuable way of assessing a QPR team, I do think he's kind of on track. I just think it's going to be a while, and I think we might have to just accept that this might be the way things go for, you know, potentially a year or more. I, I think that's a good way of looking at it. This all because I obviously was at a different game on Saturday because I said I didn't think it was very good and other people told me I'm wrong and it's a young side I think, who well, said it was good? well people on Twitter just trying to who well, said it was wait, good? No, I'm no, sure no, I mean the, the I've seen it. opinion ranging from it was awful to it was meh but well, I haven't really seen said, anyone saying said, it was good people said it was like it was, it was, it was fair enough I'm not, I can't remember who exactly it was but and you know that we didn't play that badly, and you know that they came not to lose. Which I don't—I've never seen a team turn up Loftus Road to lose before in my <laughs> thirty odd years of being there. Which is interesting. Even Nielsbury when they came down in the FA Cup match, did actually try and put up a fight. Anyway, and it's, it's almost like we we, we 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 try and find excuses like the team's very young. We need to lose today, lads. <laughs> says like, the manager. Like, if a lot of the players are experienced, even like Cousins has got a championship year under his belt, so Hall's got so you know. Probably the young lad Shadipa was probably the only one that's probably inexperienced that mm. I would say they played Saturday. But going back to what you said about you know wages and that, we are still paying quite good money. It's, it's no not, doubt, it's, not yeah. it's, it's not free transfers on no. in the days of when Holloway got um, guys out there against Celtic match where they came in and said look you're on trial but technically we haven't got anybody else so you got to play <laughs> and you might get a contract out of that. Um, we're still on quite good money. We still got Coco. We still got Sandro. Surprisingly, neither of them played on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Which is strange. But I, I just I just ask myself, what are our, our tactics? Because Blackburn's keeper looked terrified. In the first 10, 15 minutes, you think, mm. if you actually ping a few balls in there, that guy's going to drop a few because he didn't look confident. He's let a lot of goals in. He had an absolute mirror a few weeks ago. They're not a confident side. But like Preston, 
halfway through the first half, they start looking around going, do you know what, we could start picking a few balls right here. And actually everyone says their uh, keeper had the, you know, a great game, but I think the save of the match was done by Smithies when the guy followed mm. it and he mm. put it around the post. And before we scored, they had three corners, which went very close as well. And that's a side that's got one point. And everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's Blackburn, they came up to lose, they've got some decent players there. But I think it's because we don't know where we're actually going. The club haven't actually said our target is top six, our target is mid-table, our target is avoid relegation. So, well, Lee, who's always says, always says, always refuses to be drawn on it, mm. and says we want to try and win every game and sort should. of continuously improve. So, if we take that as the target, are we continuously improving? I think they'll have internal targets. I don't necessarily think yeah, it's in I, their I, interest I, to sort of say publicly, "Oh, we're going to finish eighth this year." I, uh, yes, I would, I would have. I would have thought they'd be targeting a top ten finish, and I don't think that's necessarily out of the question either. Like the way we're going, I think we'll probably have some bleak spells this season. But yeah, Blackburn did not look tremendously good. They, they you know, they're kind of a crisis club. I wonder if we might be a team that looks a bit better against the better teams this year. And Newcastle on yeah. Tuesday will probably be quite a indicator of how true that what is. What would be uh, the theory so. behind that? Why might we look? better against better teams I think we're set up quite deep I think potentially we've got a bit of pace and excitement out wide we might kind of thrive a little bit when teams are coming at us a little bit more Uh, and I think that kind of shut up shop defensive mentality right might come into its own if we can get a goal against teams we're sort of not necessarily expecting Mm. to I don't think we're going to be a team that goes out and kind of dominates and takes the game to uh, teams we think are there for the taking it sort of reminds me a little bit of Van Howe at United in his first year when they had that Leicester game where it was just absolutely crazy and it was like 5-3 I think and he was like right no more of this mm. uh, and you know we, we desperately don't want to be uh, subjected to that sort of football for uh, for much longer but the, I think there is sort of sound thinking behind that as well like it's you know be cagey earn your right to, to play a little bit and I noticed on uh, Saturday something I've seen Hasselbank do a few times now that when he got the goal you could almost see him at the touchline being like come on then go now like give it 10 minutes and try and force it he did it against Leeds when we went 2-0 right. up uh, and I think that's kind of the plan it's like put it to bed quickly while you're on top and then shut up shop which is not you know great to watch but I mean Burton fans kind of said that that was what we'd be, we'd be getting and it kind of worked out alright for them but what, what I don't get and I, I know Clive disagreed with me on this and a load of people on Twitter we haven't got a finisher it's as simple as that you can, people can can say Washington hasn't scored yet he's not going to that's it he's had his chances people can say Seb is the best striker ever but his, his goal record per game isn't that great but he tries harder than anyone else in the last five years which is fine but we haven't got a natural finisher and that's basically if you're going to play this counter attack and footballer surely you need to have a finisher someone like a Murray who can come in there bang it in thank you very much job done we haven't got that Murray <laughs> yeah that's the one uh, I mean the thing yeah. is on the Saturday the Andy pe- yeah. pe- people were kidding people were the um the wingers behind you me. You mean Glenn Murray, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Don't, yeah. All right, well, I'm just, just there's, there's people out there listening right, let, saying let, Jamie Murray. Let's make a QPR term. Yeah. We need a Gary Bannister. Yeah. We need a, a Spencer Charlie winning the season. We need, yes. But, but guy, isn't, isn't guy, that indicative of how difficult it is to find those sorts of players that we're going back to Bannister, Austin, and Spencer? That's like 30 years, and they're the three, you know. We, well, no, it's it's mean, really, really yeah. difficult to come across those players you feel they're going to score more times than not well, when they've got could, a chance. Uh, you're not including Silla. In this, is that how we pronounce his name? We'll go with Sid- it. Silla, yeah. Silla. You can't judge him because you don't know. Yeah, no, so exactly. he could be your finisher. It could well be. Um, judging by Saturday, it's it, you know you can't say anything. Hopefully so, and I'll happily eat my words big time. But people behind me on Saturday were murdering the, the wingers, saying, "Oh, they're not doing this properly." But what I noticed was, and I'm 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 ridiculously stupid, I know, but 
there was no one in the box half the time so the wingers were beating the players they're getting down there and they're having to wait and we've kind of got two defenders on them and stuff so the attacking wise tactically one up front against Blackburn who are bottom of the league uh, you know go for it you know literally go for it I mean the freak I mean the thing is you've got to admit that was a sweet free kick I mean that was Ooh. worth that was worth the admission money alone but saying that we've got a lot of work to do at home matches if we want to keep fill that ground up if we want to build towards a new stadium mm. and we're playing this 13,000 sort of it's not going to happen we've got to be a wee bit more exciting that's my opinion please murder me on Twitter I don't <laughs> mind but it's got to be a wee bit more exciting than what we're seeing at the moment and the Preston game as well which is I mean Preston Blackburn one point it's not brilliant, but saying that, no one Rangers will turn Newcastle over, beat Huddersfield, beat Sunderland, and lose to Burton. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Are we ready for Clint Hill? We know that um, big. Ma- All right. Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll do something else before then. I'll, I'll tell, I've got good story to tell you. Actually, that'll be a first. Which I'll tell you because it's as we're recording. It's seven twenty-six. And we're under instructions not to call Clint Hill before 7.30 because big, butch, hard man, bite your legs, Clint Hill, can't talk to us until 7.30 because... He's putting his kids to bed, which is fair ah, That's nice, come on. That's nice. Gold. You, you, you can't, that from Clint Hill. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't say that he's... Do you know what? You say that, but do you know what I remember years ago? He, <laughs> he, he played for Palace at um, Sheffield Wednesday. And the Wednesday fans came on the pitch and he went toe-to-toe with them. I'm not saying it's right. Fans is always wrong. <laughs> always, always wrong. But all the other palaces is quick off the pitch. Clint's like, nah, I'm staying. Yeah, I'm going to get stuck in. I think we were going to say he was going to have a manicure or something. That would be... We should ask him. Have you ever had a manicure? <laughs> do you want make, to ask him that? that, that, that make, it's a long that. way away in fairness. What's he going to do? That doesn't make you any less manly than anybody else. You do let, have nice hands. Let me tell you, your criticism, <laughs> your criticism of the Blackburn goalie, Jason Steele, Yes, I will not have a word said against the man. You're going to say really something uh, really stupid. I will right, tell yeah. you why. No, no. So uh, my little girl was a mascot on Saturday. I didn't know that. She was. She was. You didn't which, say anything. Well, you know. Did you put it on Twitter? I, I don't do personal on Twitter. I did put something on Twitter, but not about her directly. So well, that's why. Lily. Yeah. That was a nice time. Yeah. So she was. She was a mascot. Had a fantastic day. I'm sure she did as well. Um, no, it was brilliant experience, and thank you to everyone at the club and everybody who's who's either been a mascot or their their son, daughter, niece, what nephew has. It's actually an amazing day, and it's an amazing way to in, inspire kids into loving QPR. She got hit in the face by a football. Now she was standing there. Like what they do is before just about ten minutes before kickoff, they put the kids by the tunnel to kind of wait for the players and. And like the call came up, like the ball, mind out. And she turned around right into it, and the ball smacked her in the face, and it looked really bad. However, it caught her perfectly on the forehead, like you know, Les Ferdinand area, basically. And and, and like it looked bad, but it startled her, but didn't hurt her. So it kind of pushed her back a bit. She looked a bit shocked. Fine, carried on. Turns out she was all right. Thankfully, blah blah blah. Three, four minutes later, we didn't know who kicked the ball. Three, four minutes later, Jason Steele, the Blackburn goalie, comes over and says to her, I'm really sorry, are you okay? Wanted to check you're all right. I'm really, really sorry. I'll tell you what, come back here at the end of the game and I'll give you some signed gloves. So now, (laughs) in my house, we own a pair of signed goalkeeping gloves from Jason Steele, the Blackburn goalie. 
I'll start the bidding at four pounds. Well, <laughs> the only thing is, I don't want her now. She's like thinking about becoming a Blackburn fan. I no. don't want that to happen, do I? It's even more depressing than QPR. No, I mean, so it's very nice of him. Very, very good. Like gesture and Don't fair turn play. It towards Avenkis. No, she's not. She's not a Blackburn fan, but she didn't. I practically had to get those goalie gloves off her. Who were the QPR time. players who were pleasant to her? Um, no one was unpleasant. It, it's, it's funny. It's funny how it goes. Like they're all very good and very nice, but it's all very quick. So course, I think yeah. she was um, James Perch's um, uh, chaperone onto the pitch. Um, and I asked her, did he say anything to you? And she said no, but he put his arm around my shoulder, which was, you know, very nice. She had a lovely, lovely day. Really good day. I guess if you're a player, you can't really win an MCC. I'm not judging your daughter, by the way, because you're focused, you know, oh. solely focused, and you should be focused. But I would like to think that if I was that player, I'd say to your daughter, at the end of the game, I'm going to give you my shirt. Because you're going to be a mascot once. I want you to remember it. That's what I would do if I was a player. Look, I'm not knocking them in any way. They were great when they need what they needed to do. They needed to do, but it, it's interesting. They like, do, yeah, they do firmly focus on the game. But the staff were brilliant with her. Really looked after her, and the Blackburn goalie was amazing with her <laughs> as well. Which is a weird thing to say at the end of the day when you've been a QPR mascot. But there you go. Right. Okay. It's now. Hopefully, the Hill children are in bed. Fingers crossed. And so, therefore, by the magic of telephony and editing, Clint Hill is on the phone now. Clint, first question, we've got to start with an awkward one. Do you miss us as much as we miss you? Uh, I think I miss you guys more, I think, oh. um, to be honest. Uh, it, was, yeah, it was a shock, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, when, when, I, when I finally got the answer that I was, uh, I was dreading... Um, yeah, it affected me for uh, quite a while, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Um, obviously, had a quite a long time together, and a, a six-year kind of romance together with lots of highs and lows. Um, and when that finally ended, it was a uh, yeah, I felt I felt quite low, to be honest with you, for, for a number of days after. Um, so yeah, I think I miss it more. <laughs> so, so it 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 was not something that you were expecting when you came to leave QPR, by the sounds of it. Um, I, I want to say. I wouldn't say I wasn't expecting it because obviously football, the, the nature of the game, uh, I know how quickly it moves on and, and the, the turnover of players is massive every year for every football club. So um, I, I kind of I kind of knew it was coming. Um, I just wanted it to be I wanted it to be done in the right way. If that sounds if that sounds all right, um, I was kind of looking for an answer for maybe four to six weeks before the end of the season. Um, I was speaking to Les and, and Jimmy and I was kind of getting passed from person to person trying to get an answer off them and then they weren't really um, giving me the answer I was looking for so but that's the only disappointment disappointing side that I've got uh, of the way it was handled um, just because of the amount of time I, I was there and the kind of relationships I built up with the people at the club I just thought that maybe they could have just given me that that little inkling a little bit earlier than I did well, uh, the, the natural question to come on from that, Clint, it's actually, uh, someone's asked it on Twitter, which is Rick O'Shea, 87, has asked, do you see yourself returning to Rangers in uh, the future, perhaps um, in a coaching role? Uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's, football's so volatile. Um, I mean, we all know that, you know. We, we never know where we're going to be from, from one season to the next, but um, it, it's something that I, I'd love to do. It's something I'd love to do to, to return there and 
um, and coach or I mean even God forbid manage one day <laughs> you know um, I've made that kind of known to, to, to the people behind the scenes that if there was ever a position that comes up then please give me a ring because it's something that I would um, I would like to get my teeth into for sure well Clint we would love to have you back whatever way even to say thank you even for us to say a proper goodbye because my disappointment is that we didn't get saying goodbye to you because we didn't know you were leaving and um, you kind of borderline we says a lot of the last game of the season but it would have been nice for a few of us to have the opportunity to shake you by the hand and thank you for everything you've done because blood and guts are on that pitch that are yours so thank you so much for what you've done for the club but what a really my pleasure more than anything mate to be honest with you now you're grand I mean I was just saying beforehand um a few st- I mean, it wasn't a QPR game it was a Palace game when the Sheffield Wednesday fans came on the pitch you, you weren't leaving too quickly and um, that, that's the sort of person you are and you gave your all for Rangers but one thing I wanted to ask you was going back to the manager you played under obviously Jimmy Floyd you've had Harry you've had Neil Warnock what was it about cause we, I know we got two promotions but what was it about Neil Warnock that, that worked so well because at the end there you were like a band of brothers you were yeah. like you, you were like a, a a band of lads thrown together with passion, commitment, and a band of champions. That yeah. hasn't happened in so many years at QPR. What was what did he do that was so special? He, he, he okay, it's so difficult. I mean, he, he just has something totally different to any other manager that I've worked with. He just he just knows what lads need and what what we want. Um, he knows how to treat us. He treats us like men. Um, his recruitment. In, in terms of that, that year, he knew what the championship was. He knew what kind of players he needed, and more importantly, he knew what player he had. Um, and he knew that if we could build a team around him to, to make him shine, then we had a hell of a chance that year. Um, and it certainly worked out that way. Um, but he's he just knows how to deal with players, um, and he, he makes you feel ten foot tall. Uh, every time you go out onto the pitch, you know, and if you give him everything, then then he will look after you, and, and you can't ask for more than that from a from a person. To be honest with you. Hi, Clint. Tom here. Uh, I'm wondering what changed when Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank came to the club. What were the kind of uh, earliest things he did differently to his predecessors? Um, I, I think, to be fair, when, when Jimmy came, I think the, the club was in was in a, a transitional kind of period. Um, obviously, we, we got relegated. We had a lot of players on on, on big big earnings again, um, so I think we needed to shift them out. And then obviously a whole new influx of players coming in. Uh, it didn't quite work out for Chris, so um, he came in kind of late into the season um, and, and tried to put his stamp on it and try and just stabilise the club. Um, and I think that was the whole remit for for, for last year. Um, I don't quite know what it is this year. Uh, obviously I'm not there, so I don't know what the remit is for this year. Um, I don't know if they're, they're going to go try and push for it or not um, but I think the whole that whole year when Jimmy came in all the six months that I was there uh, was all about stability mm. um, and just trying to get his ethos and his, his own philosophy into the players that, um, that were there mm. We hear a lot about uh, the importance of getting a new training ground at QPR presumably where you are now at Murray Park's a bit of a step up from Harlington can you explain why that is uh, so important for players? What difference it makes to have uh, kind of modern facilities rather than what we're dealing with currently at QPR? I think it's uh, I think it's important for the club. Mm. To be honest with you, I mean players are players can moan about anything. You can have the best training facility <laughs> in the world, and players are still moan. They still find something to whinge about. But I think it's more important for the club and the stability of the club um, to have their own training facility. 
and more importantly to to attract players as well. Mm. Um, you know, if, if lads know that they're going to a, a decent training facility every every day of the year, um, the pitches are going to be good. You know, the showers are hot. You get decent food. <laughs> you know, it becomes more attractable. Um, and the flip side of that as well, the, the academy. You know, you're going to you're going to start attracting players that maybe will go to Arsenal's, Chelsea's, uh, Fulham's, places like that. Um, but if, if if QPR had a, a real top-notch training facility, then maybe we can nick them kids instead of them doing 20, 30 miles down the motorway. Mm. I just want to ask you one more very important question, Clint. Could you tell me what your favourite and least favourite QPR kits that you wore during your time? <laughs> I love the throw, please. The kit? Wow. Uh, oh, God. You must be the only one with any positive memories of that uh, orange shirt because you sort of scored the goal that wasn't at Bolton oh, yes. in it, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was horrific, that wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a bad kit. I forgot all about that. I tried to raise that from my memory, yeah. <laughs> and then it was last yeah, season's, it didn't have any hoops. Then, then, of course, it was last season's kit, we didn't have any actual hoops on it. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go down too well, did it? That was like watching Ipswich going <laughs> no, forward, the, yeah. The hoops didn't go down too well with the fans, and yeah, I don't blame them, but it looks like they got that right this year, I think, anyway. Um, Clint, I'll ask you a best and worst, your best and worst moments in your time at QPR because um, <laughs> we, we all remember the four-year plan, but you saw enough to sort of fill three or four different feature films during, during your time at QPR. What were your yeah. best and worst moments? Um, God, best, I mean, championship year was fantastic, but I mean, um, just, I think, being captain at Wembley. You know, and, and mm. walking up the steps and, and lifting a lifting a trophy for your club um, in such an important in time as well. Um, that, that's got to be my, my top memory. Um, uh, worst, uh, all the bad games that I've played, probably. <laughs> um, I'd probably say you know, getting sent off. I think what was that Premier League, David Bolton, I think maybe. Mm. Now I got sent off there. We were, God, we got battered 4 0, I think, that day. Um, mm. And I think oh, Fulham away 3-0 I think I scored an own goal in that game in a derby God I could go on mate <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a lot there isn't it and, and, uh, but, yeah. and off the pitch you observed it almost, it's almost like at times kind of you and Sean Derry and Jamie Mackey were kind of sitting on the not sitting on the sidelines but but sitting back and observing these bizarre comings and goings and goings on with different owners and managers and all the rest of it you must have had more than one occasion in those years at the club where you thought, what the hell am I doing at this, this madhouse? Uh, yeah, it, but it's, it, it was so important to us, though. You know, that them lads that you talk about, the club was so important to us because of the, the, the way we, we stormed the league that year, the way we played, the way that connection we had with the fans that year, um, and just to, like, to bring happiness to the place, you know. Um, but that, that kind of stays with you as a, as a player when you build them kind of connections and we were sitting back and just, just watching these players come in um, not bothered about the, the, the kind of money that they're on because you know I mean fair play if you can get that kind of money then happy days but the, the, the big the big concern for us was they weren't, weren't pulling the weight they weren't pulling the weight for the club or the lads and they weren't too bothered about the results and the whole attitude pretty much stunk for, for, for the lads that were there um, and that was the biggest gripe that we had People keep saying, well, surely it must have been the money. But it wasn't the money because, I mean, if you can go out and get that kind of money, then fair play to you, but at least earn it in the right way. That's the biggest thing that got us that year. And do you think the club are going about it the right way now? Every The stability is, is the sort of buzzword. 
do yeah, you think, think they are so, right yeah. in the wrong you know uh, do you think they they they've put it right and are putting it right i don't i, I don't know the whole financial implications i don't know if, it's, if they're on track or not i don't quite know what the debt is um but yeah they had to they had to there's no way a club um that holds 18,000 fans can, can carry on the way that they were spending there's just no logical sense to it so they had to they had to make changes and they had to go down a different route um and i think as fans i think that's the way they wanted the club to be and the, the, the way that the direction they wanted to go as well so they kind of reconnected with the fans as well bringing a few young kids through which which pleases home fans so i'm hoping that they're on that right direction now and it might take a bit of time but um, you know, if they get a decent run of form and, and gel together, then you just never know where it might take you. To be fair, Clint, in them days, and I can think of names, ga- names of players and games, the bemusement in your face sometimes as players just trottled off down the pitch after losing um, was, a, was, a, was a wee bit strange at times. It must have been so, so frustrating. I can think of certainly the game where we got relegated really at Reading away, yeah. um, where to us as fans, it looked like some of the players really couldn't be that bothered about it and were probably off the nightclub in their head somewhere whereas uh-huh. there was quite a few who, who bitterly looked upset I mean that must be a weird dressing room to be in yeah it was I mean listen these, these guys like were, were they top careers I mean I think I spoke at the time they've like won Champions League they've won League medals FA Cups <clears throat> um, but for whatever reason they did the, the mix wasn't right you know, I mean, it just wasn't right. The culture wasn't right. Um, we got a lot. We got rid of a lot of players who had been there a while and helped the club get to where it was. Um, and I just think it could have been done a little bit slowly and a little bit more glad, gradually. Um, and I, I think we might have had a bit more stability in, in, in those earlier years. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't great. You know, what I mean, I didn't. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say I was the best player that ten years, but because these guys were fantastic, but. You know, all we wanted was effort and all we wanted was a bit of grit and a bit of determination um, you know, sadly we didn't get that enough what was um, if, I don't expect you to tell me the answer to this but what went wrong with Mark Hughes do you think I just the, the mix wasn't right it, it just wasn't right I don't know who who was um, helping him recruit the players in Um I mean, obviously, his big word around that time was the quality. You know, we need, we need this quality player to come in to make the difference. Um, but you, you can have quality players, but if there's not the right characters, then it's not going to mix well. Um, and I just think his recruitment was was, was wrong from, from the start. You know, there's too many big influx players coming in, too many lads that had done well and good solid players and good characters were left. Um, and he just he just never managed them right. If we're being honest, he just didn't, he didn't manage the squad right. Uh, Clint, I, I ask, um, I ask almost, I ask a lot of players this who we have on the podcast. Talking, you talking and listening to you, a lot of ex-players, despite all the shenanigans that go on, despite the comings and going, despite the mismanagement, despite how they at times were treated by the club and by the fans, they seem to have this love for the club that often doesn't exist somehow QPR seems to get to 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 a lot of our ex-players now am I reading that wrong <laughs> or are you basically saying you're a QPR fan <laughs> <laughs> my, kids are, my kids grew up as QPR fans so um, 
No, it's a, that, that, that year when we brought the likes of Desert and, and you know, Bradley Alls and Paddy Kenny's, you know, and uh, Jamie Mackey, you know, people are just real good, honest lads who, who would give everything for you. Um, and, and the club, you know, I mean, the, the way that it all took off that year and like I said before, the connection that everybody got on the pitch and off the pitch was just a special feeling. Um, and that, that stays with you. That will stay with you forever. Um, the, the good times. And when obviously you go up into the Premier League, you, you want to do well. You want to do well for the club. And, and when it's not going right, then you, you get frustrated because you want it to do well because you care so much. Um, and there was a lot of frustrating times. Um, but it definitely, like I said before, uh, at the beginning, it, it hurt me. It hurt me when I left. You know, I was kind of, I was in a daze for a, a number of days. And um I was thinking, wow, it's, it's over. God, what am I going to do now? And I, just, I, I got up one morning, so I'm going for a run. I need to go for a run. Um, and I just started running around Windsor. And I thought, I've got to, I've got to kind of draw a line under this. You know, I've got to try and move on and, and, and try and get back on track. Um, so that, that kind of run helped me out, sort my head out, in realising that it, it was over uh, and I need to move on with my career. Um, but yeah, it did hurt when I left, and I know a number of lads as well. Now speak to Sean Darren on a regular basis. He still has a, a real affection for the place as well. Well, to be fair, Clint, you haven't uh, you haven't landed a bad gig. I mean, I know we're not talking about Rangers, <laughs> but um, it's pretty good to go to such a big club, and and that's uh, I'm sure is uh, indicative of the esteem that you are held with within the game. Um, and talking of the esteem that you've you are held in we have it's gone a bit crazy on twitter as soon as we mentioned that you were on it's just all the same messages telling what a legend he is what a man um somebody's wrote no question but can you just tell him that i love him and that was from <laughs> daniel williams <laughs> oh god you're gonna see i'll get me all emotional now about QPR again <laughs> well listen now's your opportunity you didn't get to say goodbye um at the time so now's your opportunity to say goodbye to the fans so so anything you want to say uh Back to the fans, which which um, now's now's your time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tried to reach out um, over over the club. I think it was a Facebook or Instagram account that I had. Um, I just wrote a personal message there. Just you know, I mean, the, the, uh, an incredible six years that we had together. Um, I mean, the support and the support that the, that the fans have given me over that six years, when, when sometimes it probably wasn't deserved and how we all stuck together will, will live with me forever you know the way they treated my family um, uh, it was just it was a special connection and I, I can't thank them enough you know um, and it will live with me for, for a very long time definitely um, getting all emotional now guys sorry about that well, well, well Finney's going to finish up but I have one quick question I know you've only played two or three games so far at Rangers but have they sung that it's just like watching Clint Hill yet no 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 no, um, no they haven't um, it's, it's been it's been a frustrating start to be honest with you um, and it's like you said it's, it's such a, a big club with high expectations and um, it, it's weird because it's, it's back in England if we went to say maybe I don't know Barnsley on a Tuesday night you know it's going to be a hard game um, and you'd make a point not playing too well you kind of get on the bus thinking you know what that's a decent point um, but here if you draw anywhere it, it, it's frowned upon you know it, it feels like a loss because they want you to win every game um, and win it well so so that's a whole new experience for me as well and um, it's something that I'm looking forward to and relishing as, as the season goes on um, 
but it's like I said, it's a whole new experience for me, and I'm, I'm like 37 years old now. So, um, but it was it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. I think um, you, you've got to take you've got to take risks in your life, and you, you've got to go out out your comfort zone. And, and this would definitely come out of my comfort zone. It's something I look back on and hopefully um, enjoy. Well, Clint, just to back that up, I went to the Euros with a mate of mine called Alan to watch Northern Ireland play, and I'm not a Rangers fan or a Celtic fan, and. Um, and uh, I spoke to, we spoke to one Rangers fan in the bar because surprisingly watching Northern Ireland was quite a few and um, they just said the triple or the manager gets sacked and that's just ridiculous anyway um, <laughs> in my opinion but there you go I know nothing about Rangers or Celtic but what I do know about is the six years that you proudly wore that shirt of ours with distinction pride passion and two promotions and the way you cared about our club, we cannot thank you enough. And thank you for coming, for becoming one of us, for walking shoulder to shoulder with QPR fans in every game. You are indeed a legend. Thank you, Clint. And please That's come right, back to Loftus Road and say goodbye properly one day. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back watching. Mate. I'll have a few pints in the, in the local and, and get in the stands. And, uh, yeah, get back, mate, as soon as I can, to be honest with you. It'll be an absolute pleasure. And, uh, Definitely. No, thank you. Thank you very much. You won't have to guys. buy a drink, Clint. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you may have to buy me a cider. Hey, don't go crazy here. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind getting the babies in, as long as it's uh, reciprocated. <laughs> of course <laughs> it will, Clint. Of course it will. We'll Brilliant. Thank you so much, Clint. Take care and good luck for the rest of the season. Stay Thanks, safe, guys. big man. Thank Cheers, Clint. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers, big man. Cheers, mate. Legend. What a hero. Indeed. <laughs> I think we, you haven't turned him off yet, so although we're carrying on the podcast, he can still hear us. Is that right, Clint? I just turned down, sorry. <laughs> oh, Harry turned him off. Anyway. Uh, wow. I didn't I think didn't... it was possible for that man to go up, in my estimation. No. He's just gone through the roof of mine. <laughs> oh, I didn't expect that, did you? No. I mean, you usually, with footballers, just get a, you know, great time there, but that's football. Yeah. First question out yeah. the traps. Took me ages to get over it. I guess that shows you how much he cared about what he was doing at QPR, what he felt part of. And in all honesty, to be fair, the centre of defence could do with him at times, <laughs> if I may say so. Without everyone jumping on me and saying, oh, you're always talking about past players. We, but We get so many players here on this podcast there's like two types of players there's basically the mercenaries who like come and go and don't care and the other half of them it just gets under their skin QPR seems to be like the footballing equivalent of um, you know when people talk about like having a boyfriend who's a bad boy treats her (laughs) treats her badly but she keeps coming back for more there's all these players who just get treated terribly at times by QPR and I'm not saying Clinton Hill in particular but somehow the club gets under their skin and they've got real affection for it do you know what it is you see it the whole time people like Clinton come into the club and take time to learn about the history the culture talk to fans he doesn't just walk past people and go in and get changed he spends time talking to people knowing it getting it and QPR fans are infectious and that's what comes off for some players if ones that don't get us we won't miss them people like him will always miss Right, okay, I'm a, I'm a bit emotional myself after <laughs> That's that interview. Um, that was a great interview, Paul, well done, because I know you worked hard to track him down. Very good. Um, we don't, we've got to go straight to the R's end, because right. um, that went on so long. So, Paul, if you can, as well as your R's end, if you can cover the, um, the fans' forum in there <laughs> as well. I uh, didn't go because... I got slaughtered on, on Twitter once for going to fans' forums when I shouldn't be because I do the podcast and everything else. So since then, I give my place to somebody else. Not because I'm a hero, because 
I'm fed up getting slagged off on Twitter. Um, and was, was, Clive addressed this on Loft for Words, and he said the same. Like you get the same people moaning that they haven't gone to the fans forum, and that, that their argument is it's the same people. Just email Lee Hughes and ask for a ticket <laughs> for the next one, and he'll give you one. Well, anyway, regardless, I, I watched it, and it's quite it, it's quite frustrating because there's a lot of things that should be asked, and there's a lot of things that are asked. The Stan Bulls issue, I'm really sad about because it's a serious issue and it was it was laughed at and it no way should be laughed at. I'm not going to point the finger at people, but please, if you're going to ask questions about Stan Bulls, can you show respect for Stan and ask a question in a correct manner um, and not make it a laughing stock because it's not funny. Um, so my message is to anyone who wants to ask a question about Stan Bulls, show some respect. Anyway... Um, yeah, it, it's you know it is what it is, and the, the the questions are what they are, and sometimes you wish that we would get an overall rather than a mixture. So mm. when you come at the end of it, you actually have an idea where we're going, what's going to happen. But everything's still up in the air, which is not the club's fault at times as well, because sometimes you you're asking about a training ground and everything else, and someone else comes off field with a different question and it gets thrown off track and everything else. It'll be interesting to see, but if they are, please do keep the fans forms. Don't stop them because of stupid questions, because that's just wrong. Everyone has a right to ask a question mm-hmm. as long as they ask it quickly and respectfully. Yeah, and credit to the club for doing that. I think it's a move back to the sort of club we used to be and the sort of club we probably are doing that sort of thing. We're not a big business. We're not like Man United. We've got to kind of give some, uh, you know, even if it is sort of lip service, we've got to do. We've got to be seen to be doing those things and informing people and informing the people who go every week as well, who are exactly the sorts of people who go to those events. Where do you sit? On, where do you sit on seat gate? Which for anyone that missed the fans forum, this is was um, it didn't go down well that the stickers on people's seats have been removed didn't, this didn't year. They said it was saving the club ten grand. 10 to 12 grand, which what? I think by the end of the conversation had gone up to 15. Yeah, but well, it's saving them money. Can't argue too much with it, then, well, can you? Well, you can, because I can argue with anything. <laughs> like but I think for under-16s, it's a really good incentive, because no other London club does it, and for kids, it's special. For us adults, it doesn't really matter. We know who we are. Fair enough. But for kids, it makes a difference, mm-hmm. because it makes them feel part of something, because they don't do it at any other London club. And it was a nice thing that we did that was different. That's all. Um, the rest of your R's end. Ah, right. I'm going to do two quick things. Please stop friggin' booing. It's ridiculous. It makes us look like spoiled children. And I hate it, quite frankly. And you are doing the biggest service you can to the opposition to up the game. So please stop it. Don't boo. It just... There's no need. I mean, no matter how frustrating it gets. And Christ knows, I've been there against Foxhall. And I've been there against... Woeful te- I've seen woeful teams I've seen great teams but booing nah not having it it's ridiculous second point is acting Stanley Bulls are looking for players now this has been a, a QPR fan team for a very long time I was always way too crap to play for them so I'm not lucky enough but if you have a wee bit of ability or you want to turn up and support them and get involved you can email them at asbfc96 at gmail.com or you can also follow them on Twitter at the Twitter at obviously ACC Stanbulls FC the great man's mentioned there as well so there you go and my last very last hours in the show thank you to the club for having a meeting about a benefit for Stanbulls it's most welcome it will happen everyone so please keep your eyes peeled we are going to not let Stan down we will do something for Stan we will make his condition a little bit more bearable for his, him and his family 
I have two very quick Ozend. Neither of them are an opinion. They are announcements. First of all, again, thank you for everybody who's voted for us for Best Football Podcast in the FBAs. If you don't know how to do it, go to our Twitter page. The pinned tweet tells you what you need to do. Please, please, please vote. Second one is our youngest podcast listener that we know of, George Sharp. Uh, I've got an email from his dad asking, I wonder if you could do me a favour and give a shout for George in one of your upcoming podcasts. Hello, George. You, those of you who listen to the Ali Fallin podcast at half term in February will remember George's fantastic, fantastic little lad listens every week. Anyway, he is running for QPR for the Community Trust, the Tiger Cubs, on October the 22nd in the Junior Great South run. Uh, there's a money giving, uh, um, uh, it says money giving page, a virgin money giving page has been set up for him. He's trying his best to raise as much money as he can for what everybody knows is a fantastic charity. If you would like to donate and sponsor George, it is virginmoneygiving.com slash George Sharp. Good man, George. Good luck. Yes, Tom. George. Hats off. Uh, I think it would be remiss of us not to mention uh, Olamide Shadipo, who was probably one of the brightest players for us uh, the weekend. Uh, he, he looked to be limping off a little bit to me, and I think he sort of really grew into the game, so clearly wanted to be out there. Didn't do anything too complicated, but there was one lovely kind of crossfield pass towards the end. He looks like he'll be useful, which is all you can really ask for from a youth team player. Uh, end part two. Uh, Yeni Bakoto's uh, father passed away, which is why he didn't play on uh, Saturday. Um, so, should we give him a nice warm welcome next time we see him? I don't know what the chant is yet, but uh, mm. let's, uh, let's make him feel, feel good about himself. Indeed. That's sad. Um, right, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Listener challenge for everyone out there. Paul had to Paul had to stop twice in this podcast, and he was like, he was like David Dimbleby, the way he sort of he was a consummate broadcaster. The way he, the way Harry said, you got to stop Paul and re-record, and Paul, Paul just took it in his stride. So your challenge is to see how good Harry's editing is, and whether you can pick up on it, and whether you can notice it. Predictions. Are we doing Newcastle and uh, Huddersfield? Yeah. I reckon we'll beat them both, because that's what QPR do. <laughs> After all my morning. Oh, you always say that. You always give me hope that we're going to beat these teams. Oh, Garrett's three pence on me, because he will. On three pence on you if we don't, because I'm telling you we will. Well, I never say, I never say that we will lose, so two draws. <laughs> So you can tell what I think from that. Tom? Irritating home defeat to Newcastle, stubborn away drawer at Huddersfield. Paul? Not having that. We're going to win both. Hats off, Paul. You're welcome. By how many goals? How many goals will we, I think we score we'll beat together? I think we'll beat Newcastle 2-1 and I think we'll beat Huddersfield 1-0. I'll take that. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back next... I love Valium. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 UPR! UPR! 